Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch Podcast. My name is Joe, and today we are talking about the Lost Metal chapters 44 through 49, wherein we our, our heroes make a door and go into a dark room and go into a movie theater, not realizing what they're what they're actually doing. We find out that this has all been a big ruse to make it appear as if the world's going to end. At least that's what they're using the studios for. Uh, Wax escapes the mansion, mastermind style. We talked about that film before, right? And uh, then he runs into Wayne. The Wayne talks about, you know, Wayne stuff, as as he does. Marisai and, and the team go down an elevator, find Entrone, find some people getting soul-sucked. It's pretty, it's pretty messed up. And we're back with Tencent. We find out the bands have been drained. It's uh, not good. And then the ambassador guy takes him. Also not good. And then Wayne and Wax face down some opponents and narrowly escape. So that's what we're diving into this week. With me, as always, is... It's Data. Jack. And Jamie. We're all here and we're ready to talk about these chapters. Hold on to everybody. So, wow, hold on to everybody. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's not it. Uh, cut that in. Anyway, uh, hold on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. Hold on to everybody because, you know, yeah, everybody yeah. needs a hug sometimes. Somebody hold on to me. Uh, there's there's some some interesting some fun stuff uh, i like the way that uh joe was like people getting their souls sucked it made me think of uh dementors yep sure and i'm like it wasn't quite dementor level but it wasn't great so what did you guys think of these six chapters Dementors don't have knives it's true i mean would that make them scarier or less scary <laughs> mm. uh hey these chapters were all right the really the most exciting part to me was the fight at near the end and uh of the section that we read and it, it was pretty rough honestly our heroes got beat up pretty good and it seems like wayne has run out of healing before they've gotten to the main event so mm-hmm. that definitely doesn't bode well for him that kind of i think that kind of ties into my theory that maybe we may be seeing the end of wayne here but yeah other than that good stuff uh, i don't i don't have a lot to say out, out at the outset here other than i enjoyed it all right fair enough yeah, he's uh, already, you're right, running kind of low. Maybe he's got a backup metal mine somewhere. Uh, we were in his perspective, so I don't really feel like he would hide that from his own brain. Mm, it doesn't sure. seem that Wayne-ish to do. Yeah, it's it, it's always you know a more uh, edge-of-your-seat story if he's like, oh, I don't have much health left. And then he heals like five more things, and you're like, okay, well, our, our, our opinions on what counts as much health are apparently different. Yeah, it was, it was good fun. I liked. I, re- I remember thinking about when you were specifically asking us about the photo, and like we're all just like, well, it's got to be real. None of us ever think they could have just faked it. So that was just a bit of a. Oh, well, that was anticlimactic. <laughs> just because, like, you know, we're in a we're in a crazy universe with weird powers and 
like angry gods and all this other stuff. You don't ex- you don't, and then you get presented with this mystery. It's like, oh my god, how do they do this? You don't expect, oh, it's fake, <laughs> to be the answer. That just seems like kind of a, yeah. all right, sure. Yeah, the characters didn't expect that either because I think when they get in there, like, isn't the first thing someone says is like, did they create a window into the future? As if that's like way more reasonable than any other explanation. But yeah, no, it was good. Again, more setup, and I agree with Joe. It really looks like Wayne is going to cock it by the end of this book, unless they're leaning on it so hard to make it look like that, and something else is going to happen. So he could still become death. But yeah, no, the fight scene was good. It was gratifying to see. It's like, oh, they're actually they like these other two are really good with their abilities enough to pose a credible threat because mm-hmm. I. I, I did think initially it's like now that they they know these guys are coming like well you know we have way more experience with the with our abilities and they did touch on that with Wayne but it still became apparent like experience isn't everything so yeah yeah that was I, fun I honestly expected it to count for more than it seems to in this fight uh but I think so did they so maybe that's kind of the point yeah maybe they just thought well we got experience we're obviously gonna be better like let's do it and then they just disabused the shit out of that notion yep that's the thing that happened all right yeah well i also wonder how much like them not being as experienced with fighting people with multiple powers comes into play here because it's like yeah i'm experienced but also my experience doesn't always prepare me for somebody who could do like three or four powers as opposed to one or two uh, yeah you're they got complacent yeah i see that well, because, I mean, yeah, there no one has ever, since the Mistborn days, no one has ever fought somebody with that many powers, so yeah. Yep, fair point. They fought other Twinborn, though, yeah? Yeah, so, so they, they so, fought people I mean, with two. Yeah. So. yeah. Miles and yeah. such. <laughs> two for two powers, oh, that's nothing. Three powers, whoa. But I guess the, the thing is that once they've got three, how many could they have? And yeah. we've opened up that possibility of they can keep going. There isn't a limit to the number of spikes. So just because yeah. you sussed out their power doesn't mean you sussed out all their powers and they could have something in reserve. So Yeah. And they could hit you with it right when it would be the worst and you're not expecting it, which is, I think, like, during this fight, Wax or Wayne 1 is like, crap, does this guy have pewter also? Like, trying to figure it out because uh, that would be important to know. Mm. Yep. And also just the sheer, like, hand-to-hand combat as well mm. when Wayne's mm. like man I have not put that much effort into mine like this is definitely an advantage I'm better at my power but when our powers cancel each other out a little bit it's not not much use yeah sorry Dak I cut you off no no that's that's all good I was done anyway oh okay yeah I I completely agree that the last fight scene yeah you sort of have that moment like my my brain is very distracted a lot of the time and I find I have to sort of go back and reread something or or whatever, because I'm thinking about something else while I'm reading, which is really annoying. <laughs> but that last scene when Wayne's fighting, I think the way it was written and the way it was playing out, I was like, I was captivated. And I was, if I was sitting on a seat proper, I was on the edge of it. I was like, this doesn't look good. It, it, you know they'll pull through it at least in this one because we're not close enough to the end. Uh-huh. But it wasn't looking good for them. And, yeah, Wayne's healing is definitely setting it up for things to not go well and he's coming back to that story that his mum told as well and I'm like oh, this is not filling me with warm and fuzzy feelings uh, for Wayne but we have already thought about ideas for them. I also I actually really liked that first scene watching um, Twin Soul and Moonlight and Marisai sort of get down to the caverns and finally the women <laughs> we found some <laughs> I think they're the same women. I hope they're the same women. Otherwise, it still is questions we haven't answered. But how 
yeah, that's terrifying what they're doing there. But watching their powers work together, you know, make a door, okay, make a ladder, that was very cool. I'm a little worried for Twin Soul, but that's okay. We'll uh, we'll see what happens to him eventually. Mm. But no, overall, good chapters, still sort of furthering the story, but we definitely, again, got that sense of urgency coming through from from Wax and Wayne figuring out the timeline as well, that it's all all hap- happening now. So, yeah. And I, I think because we are on a planet that has powers and we know that there's certain advancements in technology, never occurred to me that they would have a dark room <laughs> or anything to develop film. It just it, It's something you just don't think about, really, even though there's been hints to it. Wait till you see the pictures moving. It's like, well, clearly they have some kind of technology to do that sort of stuff. But, yeah, never pieced it together. Shocked. Well, yeah, and, I mean, we they have – Pictures that Marisai knows about already, even without, you know, the moving pictures. So I I guess Mm. she's just never encountered, you know, dark rooms before, which I assume are a thing even without movie cameras. But yeah, well, they've they've been clearly developing film and this picture. And I think we we do tend to think about something on a much larger scale. Like like, I can't remember if it was Dak or Joe saying, but clearly it was a time traveler. I was definitely on the time traveler. avenue but it's simple it's, I don't know if they just have the technology to um you know create a miniature and, and shoot it they're just they're just filmmakers <laughs> yeah it, it, it was really funny to me how that never even occurred to me something like that uh when, when I saw the picture I was just like oh my gosh how what what's going on here no it's it just has fake. to be way more mysterious yeah <laughs> how much do you think it's worth it's fake man uh, I I do like what you said about the fight because on the one hand it's like come on we're we're halfway through the book we know Wax and Wayne are gonna die in this fight but it's an intense fight nonetheless and honestly going into it my first time I was like is this the right point in the book for these two to die like the 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 evil twins are they gonna go down here or are we gonna have to see them again and I feel like it actually ends that kind of ambiguously I don't think we have well, seen last of them. I would say at least one of them we probably haven't seen the last of. The other one's a little Yeah, that's right. For unsure. one of them, it was a little ambiguous. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, that, it would be weird if that was the last that we saw. I was like, oh, by the way, those guys died. <laughs> Moving on. But see, at least they've already got more personality than the, like, random two guys in the other books that Dax yeah. is angry about getting killed. Yeah. Angry's not the right word. I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. I guess there was no point to those guys. Yeah. It's not going angry, it's more just like a, oh, well, that's kind of a waste, but oh well, moving on. Like, there's, there's just not enough personality to really spare the thought. Yeah, yeah. It's like, push and pull were probably such complicated dudes under the, under those, like, uh, suits or whatever they were wearing in Alloy of Law. Yeah. And we, just... we, ne- we never learned how Push was alcoholic because he was in so much debt, and Pull <laughs> was, like, sort of foregoing the mortgage payments on his house to try and help Push <laughs> out of his debt. Like, they had a real thing going on, we never got to see it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they always struck me as the guys from uh, from Venture Brothers. Like, uh, where where do you find the shit tickets in this place? Uh, <laughs> what are the the two? Suit oh guys? yeah, the the lepidopterists. Yeah, uh, the lepidopterists. I forget what their what? names are. Hold on. Yeah, well, is that it, a word? It is. It's like uh, people who's someone who studies butterflies. But uh, oh. uh, it's because in the first episode where they show up. They they work for the secret organization, so they have to pretend that they're not secret agents or whatever. And so it's like, who are you guys? And they're like, we're lepidopterists. It's like, 
you you want to see my coin collections? Maybe if we were philatelists, which we're not. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they are Agent Cardholder and Agent Doe. So yeah, those uh, that's a good point. That that does kind of remind me of them. Native One did lend me a couple of years back the full series of Venture Brothers, and like, I haven't watched it yet. I really need to do that. Love that show. Great show. Uh, all about Zane and Ellen Venture. <laughs> as far yep. as any of you people know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, I think we made that joke back in the day. When we were yeah, I'm, I'm sure we did. Almost certain we did. Go team venture. <laughs> okay, let's. I guess let's get into these chapters. On that note, so we got we start with Marisai, and I, I agree with what Jamie said. Is like this is this is a fun team, and really we find out in these chapters how just how useful Moonlight and uh, and Twin Soul are to have around. Like these are these are uh, good people to have in a pinch. It seems like. And so she's 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 you know introspecting again as you do. She's like all this stuff has been going on. Have I been too focused on like being a detective and the day to day stuff and been ignoring like the big issues? Maybe I should be paying more attention to secret organizations and uh, like people building city destroying bombs. And so then they see the Lord Mayor of Bilming show up, and they're shouting, and he's like, she's like, I'm pretty sure I heard the name Don shot in there. And Maris is like, well, that guy's agitated. Twin Souls, like, probably doesn't appreciate his home being burned down. All right, so I made a note there. How do they know that? Well, in the previous section, they saw, like, plumes of smoke rising from the mansion in the distance. Oh, okay. All right. I was, uh, I guess it'd been too long since I read that previous section. I was like, how did they know about that? Yeah, Twin Souls, like, maybe Donshot is being particularly, what does he say? It's it's a great line, and I, I don't remember exactly how it goes. Oh, I totally totally skipped over. I'm sorry. We're gonna go back and do the broadsheet. Oh yeah. After after I get the uh, he he says perhaps Dawnshot is being extra difficult. So the broadsheet is basically the majority of the story of Nikki Savage or Nichelle Sauvage and the uh, I forget I forget even what the story is called overall. Hold on, it's called the Compass of Spirits. And so we know or we're, we we were pretty sure based on the map that was stolen in the previous book, the like we see that Naz makes notations on this ripped map. And then we see in the story, the haunted man ripping the map and getting the part that we saw. So it's like, OK, it seems like the haunted man is probably Naz, who we've seen notating maps throughout the Cosmere books and stuff. And in this bit of the story. Nikki is uh, well. They're flying through the air on the 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 pterodactyl or whatever that the two Condra have combined into, if everyone recalls. The ornithosaur. Yeah, the ornith ornithosaur, or something, whatever, something like that. And uh, they're trying to get this compass from this lady. And there's like uh, there was hitting people with a parasol before, which was my favorite bit. But in this section, they save this woman from falling, and then she tries to like fight back and ends up falling anyway. And maybe she's dead, maybe she's not, who even knows. But the compass Nikki thinks went with her, and then Tabar Kaysun, the com- the combined uh, creature, opens their claw, and the compass is right there. And then there's this, like, romantic moment between Nikki and the, the haunted man, where it's like, they're looking into each other's eyes. There's a picture of it in here with the ornithosaur in the background. <laughs> These two combined Kandra just in this massive pterosaur body and just going like, hey, you two should kiss. 
they're they're doing the uh, the Sebastian kiss the girl song in the background. <laughs> Amazing. And, and it's like he's pulling her close, and she's like, "Is he gonna kiss me? Do I want him to kiss me?" She's like, "We're gonna go off exploring the Cosmere together forever, just like we promised." And then he's like, I- "I'm really sorry." As he steals the compass, turns the aluminum key, and then disappears with a pop. And she is mad. Like, he betrayed me, he knew that it would hurt me, and he did it anyway, along with the only way to finish the job. Now we're stuck here a thousand miles from home in the space between continents. Maybe they're out on the uh, those shrouded aisles or whatever. And she's yelling some curses and apparently destroys her raven feather hat. And uh, they're stuck. I love yeah. that she was going to go, I'm not going to go into the details of my tantrum. But yeah. <laughs> it's roughly what happened. <laughs> yeah. And... I thought he cared for me and he knew the betrayal would hurt. And yeah, I want to know where they're stuck, but I guess we, that's not really super relevant. He's lucky I can't follow him. And then the two faceless immortals who have split, I guess, back into two. They're just watching this going. It's like, all right, calm down, love. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently her tantrum took so long that they like changed back into humans. And uh, <laughs> they're just like watching. And uh, like, uh, you done or are we, are we going to keep going or? Okay, you're done. Okay, let's wanna- go. One of them's like, should we say something? Like, no, nah, no, nah, just just let this go, man. Yeah, just, you're just going to have to let this one play out, buddy. So the compass allowed him to enter the ghostly dimension, which I'm assuming is the cognitive realm, although we, I guess we don't know that for sure. That certainly seems like the most likely. Uh, yeah. And it's interesting that apparently there is a device that lets you move back and forth. That could be uh, important later. Portable perpendicularity. We'll call it the yeah. poor pack. <laughs> <laughs> apparently it's called the compass of spirits, which... You know, yeah. what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, Paul Peck sounds cool. This is really expanding my mind on the possibilities for, you know, Patreon stuff. <laughs> and so <laughs> she's just like, he's just lucky I can't follow him. And the two of them are like, well, I mean, there is another way, which I assume they're talking about the perpendicularity. See, I read that, and that makes a lot more sense what you say. I, in my dumb assitude, uh, read that as like she's complaining because they're stuck in the middle of the ocean. And they've got no way to get off it. And I'm like, you literally just saw these guys in a flying body. Like they could just <laughs> do that again and carry you home. Yeah. And so uh, it ends with a note from Handerwim saying it's been two weeks since the last letter. But you know that her 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 correspondence can be intermittent. I can only assume she succeeded in entering the ghostly realm. So, I can get uh, post out from the ghostly realm. Yeah, probably is, right? But uh, so, yeah, we may see Nikki like hopping around to different planets or something in the future. Who knows? And I then find it fascinating that Handwim is Mr. Skeptic for everything Jack says. But Nikki, he's like, yeah, I guess you just made it into ghost place. Yeah, I buy it. I think she he knows Jack well enough to know how full of shit that he probably is and um, knows Nikki is not necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's uh, I feel like he's more on board with Nikki's brand. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, of course, it might not be. I mean, if he doesn't get to make his sarcastic comments, then maybe it's not nearly as fun. Sure. So then we get the ad. Nikki Savage is sponsored by Tobe's accurate SUNY pups. Trade in a historically erroneous SUNY pup and get a brand new Professor Tober's accurate SUNY pup for a mere five spin patented pocket. So the, the accurate yeah, one has the a patented pocket. pocket. Yeah, the patented skin pocket was kind of messed up, but also awesome. <laughs> yeah i was like is that the accurate thing because oh wow <laughs> did we need that <laughs> yeah but it actually turns out that the professor is just ten soon in disguise 
Well, it's funny because we talked about the letter to the editor and I was like, is Tensoon just mad that like the inaccurate SUNY pups are out there? But it is Professor Tober who wrote the letter to the editor. And so now it sounds like he just wants people to buy his. And so he's trying to get that out there. Tensoon went to him as a professor to like, hey, maybe you can convince the people to stop doing this. And this guy's tried to turn into a monetary exercise. And Tensoon is just now even more pissed. (laughs) Would you people stop making money off me? Uh, I should get a cut of that at the very least. I'm just saying. <laughs> so also, it's I, I like that there. It's a, a five spin, which is one of the coins that I got from the new uh, the new set of coins that they made for Mistborn. A five spin is fifty clips, and the five spin coin has Tindwill on it. That's cool. Yeah. One Tindwill will get you a Suni pup, an accurate Suni pup. So that, that I, I, that's a fun little broadsheet story, but I also just am, am interested in, like, the ramifications that it potentially has for the wider uh, universe. Okay, back to the thing. Meanwhile, back at the plot. Yeah, right. So they see they see the mayor, all this stuff going on, and then Twinsoul manages to use his uh, his crystals to, like, peek inside by going between the boards a little bit. And he says, Siljana senses a small room with cluttered shelves and small objects, no one inside. And if you go over there, there's no shelves on the wall. And so that's where they go to make a door. And this this whole stamp works just like we've seen before. It sinks into the item and you turn it. And all of a sudden, it's like it's like platform or not platform nine and three quarters. It's like the the entrance to Diagon Alley where it's like the bricks just kind of mm. unzip and reveal the doorway. The most annoying thing to me about this, which it doesn't, it doesn't uh, happen here, but just like how 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 quick it it uh, fixes itself. So like when they're going down the elevator shaft later, she has to do it like three times. I'm like man, that would be annoying. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, for creating something out of nothing, uh, it's a small price to pay. And apparently, this is new technology. She's still working on it, so you know, it's 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 not perfect. And in this room. There's a bunch of small basins in, in the room that they get into and a red light bulb. And she's just like, what is the deal with that red light? Why would you have a red light bulb? It barely makes any light. And yeah, the doorway disappears real quick. And she's like, Marisai goes, that is the most unnatural thing I've ever seen. And Moonlight says, you literally have a friend who can fly. And Marisai goes, and? <laughs> I I love how into, the, into it she is that she's like, no, no. All the stuff that we can do is normal. Y'all do some weird shit. <laughs> and in the next room, it is a pitch black chamber until they flip some switches, and all of a sudden, there is the image of a crumbling city with ash falling from the sky. A moving image. She's shocked. Shocked, I tell you. And Twin Souls, like, by the first Aether, what is it? A window into the future? And Mar- or Moonlight is also like, I've never seen anything like this. But Marisai has seen a projection of an image before, not one that moved, but. Since Vendel specifically mentioned that Harmony said, like, oh, just wait till they start moving. She has a head start on everybody else here. And so it is a projector projecting this image of, like, a destroyed city with ash falling. And in the next room, they find the model that was filmed to create this uh, this this video. And it is incredibly detailed. Like, they've got a box of ash to drop with tiny painted dead people and dead horses and ruined cars and all this stuff so they they were dedicated to dedicated model builders is uh i, I imagine like the the guys playing those tabletop uh war games yeah, where yeah. you paint all the little models 
We had him working for five years on this. <laughs> and uh, she, she whispers with relief, it's a fake. They didn't travel to the future or the past. It's like, yeah, Marisai also thought it was time travel. And it turns out, no. Watch, they're gonna, there's going to be some time traveling later. And it'll be, <laughs> it's going to be a double bluff. For now, it's a bit of relief, and that's okay. So they constructed a hoax to make people think the world had already ended. But why? Hmm? Who knows? Marijuana. But why? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we know. I mean, they've got to have, at least this is my theory. I'm, I'm, I'm pimping it out there. They've got to have some kind of way to, to show autonomy that they succeeded even if they fail. Oh, yeah. this is like this is okay. a backup plan for like no 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 you don't gotta, you don't have to invade look we did it look look yep. here's a picture here's a look we even filmed it check it out it, yep. it happened it's it's done you don't make a tiny model of this it's fine yeah it's yeah we didn't make a tiny model don't you don't go in that room that next room over just stay in the movie room <laughs> we don't you don't need to go in there because autonomy knows nothing about art she can't tell it's like wait a minute that's just paint it's, I, I wonder. Since we found out that, like, this planet was the first one to have electricity other than Autonomy's home planet, do they have movies on Autonomy's home planet? Like, how uh, how advanced are they? And, okay, so they, they make their way into the elevator shaft to go down. He creates a ladder out of, uh, out of rosite crystal, taking a drink from his backpack full of water, because, you know, that's that's important. And when they get to the oh, I'm sorry, that, that's the end of that chapter. I, I guess we'll get to the next thing. But next is Wax, who climbs down the hidden passage and finds himself in a room with some supplies, some rations, some water. He's like, OK, so this is like a, a, a little emergency bunker, not like a long long term emergency bunker, but a short term one. OK. And he finds a hidden door in the bunker that leads into a sewer. Although not like a gross sewer like at the beginning, but it, just where rainwater gets out of the street, basically. Sure. And he's like, OK, I better get back up to the surface and find Wayne before going any further. Uh, it, they they got a prearranged meeting spot, which is a bar because Wayne picked it. So, of course, it's a bar. I just love the way that was written, because of course it is. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Wax knows his buddy. And he gets there and Wayne passes him a shot of whiskey and he drinks it and they pay and they leave. And so he shows Wayne what he found. And then he's like, uh, Wayne's got burn marks on his trousers. And he's like, yeah, couldn't do grandma's been at the vodka. Couldn't find a wig in time. So I did <laughs> flaming bunny instead. <laughs> Which is just terrifying. Please tell me you didn't set a rabbit on fire, Wayne. But of course not. I couldn't find a damn wig in time. Where would I find a rabbit? You use a cat for flaming bunny and they're all over the dang place. This is just the best conversation. You, you set a cat on fire. Hell no. What do you think I am, a sadist? You throw the cat out the window. I know. <laughs> yeah. Of course. It makes sense when you when you have a thing called flaming bunny. Yeah. Yeah, any animals that are on fire. Flaming bunny involves starting a fire. Then you throw the cat out the window of the building that's on fire and start yelling to, you know, about how you're saving stuff. So everyone wants to help you. Then you shut that someone has to save the bunny. And you lead everyone in to knock on the doors and get everyone out. And everyone gets all crazy and distracted helping you. And Wax is like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> you set the, the mansion on fire. Oh, great, great. And then Wayne Wayne says, don't worry, I hucked the cat at a tree real good. Cats always land in trees so long as you throw them hard enough. 
Oh my god. Uh, Wayne. Why would you think that? That must not I don't school. know. <laughs> my uh a friend of mine in high school had a cat and uh he would throw his cat out the window because the cat would always land in the tree. So while I don't condone this, there is some <laughs> there is some validity some anecdotal this, evidence. Yeah, some anecdotal evidence of this of this achievement. He didn't go to school. He did burn a school down once. So maybe the cat thing was written on the board in there. When did you burn down a school? He's like, nine years back. It was a damn evil school. And Wax is like, oh, yeah, that was an evil damn school. Okay. <laughs> this entire So was it an evil so school where they taught you how to make dams, or was it just a damn evil school? <laughs> no, damn is D-A-M, and this is D-A-M-N. So. Oh, well, there goes that theory. <laughs> Just have to scratch out all these notes I took about damn school. And, <laughs> that's not. That's not. That, that's no good. Lead teacher was a beaver. Yeah. yeah. Really? Beaver Nothing teacher. to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It took me a second to be like, huh? Okay, yeah. Beaver. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, it turns out that some of these letters that, that he's found, he realizes that there's uh, that uh, it's forged because he happened to be studying this person's writing uh, in a bribery case not long ago so he puts together that her plan that telson's plan is not just to bomb ellendell but to bomb ellendell and then with forged letters make it look like it's ellendell's fault like they were developing this weapon and that way the rest of the basin doesn't hate building for you know nuking all of their families in ellendell this sister his has a lot of plans Assuming that he's correct, because he's taken some big jumps here, but it kind of makes sense. Got plans within plans. And then there's a whole discussion about farting in the mayor's chair, which is not as amusing to me as the previous one. But it's, you know, it's Wayne. What are you going to do? Well, you know, it gets funny when he's uh, when he basically is admitting that he's farted in Wax's chair. I mean, that part's funny. <laughs> I think that Wax just can't let it go. It's, it's like I'm mad at myself for still bringing it up, but I just I need to know. He's fighting in my chair, Wayne. <laughs> That's when Wayne is like, "Come on, why are you? Why are you so, suddenly so obsessed with what's coming out of my backside? Can't we focus on the important things?" <laughs> After like several paragraphs of Wayne talking about what comes out of his backside, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and then Wayne notes that uh, this is the canyon, just like that story that his mom told him. How is this tunnel a canyon? It just is. And then they they come to the conclusion that. The set, if they look hard enough, is going to be able to tell that someone was in the mayor's office and escaped through the trap door. They're going to know that someone found this tunnel, probably Wax, since apparently they are, were fully aware that it was Wax. The people leaving the the tire factory are all talking about Dawn Shot, and so uh, I don't know that the distraction was that useful. It didn't cover anything, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's Dawn Shot! I mean, I guess at this point, they're probably thinking, well, who else could it be? Who else could it be? Yeah. Right, yeah. No one else is onto us. And just as they figure this out, there's a gunshot that nearly hits Wax in the head. And it's our two friends, the coin shot from earlier and a shorter woman wearing a bowler hat. And Wayne's like, hey, will you look at that? Bad guys and snakes, both at the same time. Cut back to Marisai and her team. They reach the bottom of the elevator shaft and there's some guards down there. And Marisai does a thing where she, like, ties a string to one of those cubes and then uses it to, like, slow the guards down so they can slip past. And then she yanks the thing and gets it back, which that's it's very clever. I like that. 
I fucking love that. I thought that was brilliant. It's really the perfect way to not keep losing these grenades. Call it time fishing. Yeah. Well, I, I, I could go with that, yeah. And I like that Twin Soul was just like, before she did that, he was like, hey, you want me to kill those guys? Uh, <laughs> although he says it much more dramatically. Should I try to send them to the Aethers, their souls left to ruminate on their poor choices in this particular life? Yeah, this Twin Souls guy is a bit dramatic, let me tell you. He's, he's like he's like Calculon. Yeah. <laughs> she was worried about bringing, as she called it, an octogenarian. I don't know that we actually know his age, but she was worried about bringing him into this thing. Yeah, Which, he's clearly the most badass out of all three of them, so I don't know what she's worried about, but whatever. I mean, she doesn't know it, but it's funny that if if the timeline or whatever that we talked about last time was right, like the young perky girl who knows languages is like 2,000 years old. So it's like this guy's 80. He's going to get this is bad. It's like yeah. literally just talk, just talk to Jesus and he's like 300 and something now. <laughs> well, I guess he's dead. Does that, mean, does that mean he's 300 years old or 300 years dead? What's what's I, the that's what's, what's the talk there? That's an excellent question that uh, I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, is, is has he been in one body this whole time that they like, you know, nailed his spirit into a body or whatever? Or do the bodies age and he has to get a new one? Every, like, there's lots of questions here. But is it like the aging to do with the body or the mind? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Well, this got deep. Disregard. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just there's, there's so many questions and there's we have no idea. And this is when Marissa is just like, you guys really are handy. And it's like, I mean, that's only a fraction of the talents that me- the members of the Ghostbloods have. You'll be amazed. What Ghostbloods. Cool band name. Brilliant. Ghostbloods. And so this organization has three tenets. One is to protect Skadriel. And they talk a little bit about, you know, Twin Soul can't go home. We kind of established that already. He says that he joined Kelsier for an opportunity to gain allies and resources for his eventual fight against the Dark Aether. Mm. Moonlight says that she also can't go home, but she doesn't really care about that. The second tenet is that we share everything that we know with each other. There's no secrets within the team. Even Kelsier will tell you what he's planning if you ask him. Uh, Kel- really? Mr. There's always another secret has decreed no yeah. more secrets? I, I am <laughs> yeah. a little dubious. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Like, they didn't know what he was doing up in the north, I bet. They were just like, oh, yeah, he's coming back. And he's like, yeah, I'm on an airship. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> but by contrast, you absolutely cannot share secrets outside the organization without his permission so i, I mean guess. that seems pretty standard for for a sort of spy protecting organization it's like you know, yeah don't don't tell other people stuff and tenant number three is that we trust each other completely you never move against another ghost blood no infighting no betrayals which that's funny really like, yeah one of our roles is no betrayals which i think that's <laughs> a rule for every organization just... <laughs> yeah don't betray me i mean look kelsey got betrayed by somebody still unclear but you know which led him to the pits so i get it you know no betrayals he's he's doing the thing that he's always done right he wants to be able to have a crew that he can trust that are filled with good people that's true he 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 was very specific about that back in the day is like not not only people that he could trust but people who were like at heart good people were who he wanted in his group yeah true so maybe like now, Casey, did you sell out such and such to <laughs> the to, to the pirates on the Dread Sea? No, Casey. Yes. All right. Put some <laughs> money in the betrayal jar. <laughs> mm. uh, but yes, uh, they say that Marisai's 
like the way that she is able to operate as part of a team is one of the reasons that they like her and not she implied wax. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because wax does remind me a lot of Kelsia sometimes. Yeah. Maybe not in, yeah. in, in flippancy. I think Wayne is like, has Kelsia's flippancy, but in terms of like just destruction of property, doing things his way, that was very much a Kelsia thing. It's true. Yeah. And Kelsier, not giving a crap what anyone else said about it. Kelsier has a lot of flair, but for the most part, I feel like he tried to do his work, like, under the undercover, like, you know, except for when he straight up just faced the Lord Ruler head on. Before that, before his death, he, I feel like that was most of the way he spent his his work, is in the shadows. So, like, if you were going to describe them as weapons, though, I would call Kelsier a knife, and, and which he used knives, and I would call uh, Wax a sword, which I think he is referred to as. So it's like, it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, Wax, is, Wax is the guy who stands up and is like, I'm taking a stand, I'm going to defeat these bad guys, you're bad, I'm good, here I come. And uh, Kelsier is like, look, we're going to do some manipulation and do some bad stuff to make some good stuff happen. Yeah, like if they were D&D, if they were D&D characters, Kelsey, uh, Kelsey would be the rogue and Wax would be the paladin. Wax is very paladin uh, Yeah. Uh, also, he hates windows. Uh, maybe that could be a paladin <laughs> yeah. quality. Oh, so next time I do a and d campaign, I should play a paladin that hates windows. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. I just convinced um, we started a new campaign. And our old friend Deshaver is the is the DM. I've convinced him to let me play as a dinosaur. <laughs> okay. I'm playing as a raptor barbarian. Wow. Sure. We had uh, in in the campaign that we're playing, like it's the the area is very dinosaur heavy. There's lots of dinosaurs around, and we had a druid who uh, could wild shape into animals, and they were very excited about all these dinosaurs that they were going to learn how to wild nice. shape into. That then they died, but you know Aww. these things happen. Yeah, you know. D and D, it's a dangerous game. Oh yeah. Okay, so they spot the mayor, the Lord Mayor down here, and Mayor Sai notes that he looks—he's slumped over, looking very worn, far less commanding and smug than he was at the police station. Yeah. Well, it's not always—it's not all orgies on your pleasure ship, you know. <laughs> I was say maybe um, death, like when de- when death left, he just came out, just punched him in the stomach on his way out. <laughs> <laughs> he should have for sure. <laughs> Like the Kandra is just helping Death get out the door and and Entron's watching him go. It's like, man, that's fucked. And then Death just goes, oh, hold on one second, hobbles over to Entron and just goes, boom, right in the gut. Like, all right, yeah. now, we, now we can go. And then he mutters, he's like, you're as annoying as your ancestors. I'm glad my brother <laughs> killed them. So Entron is concerned. Uh, it's like, what do you think the chances are that she can salvage this, that she'll actually get that bomb to fly? And the engineer's like, not, or the scientist's like, not my department. I am not an engineer. And it turned this scientist is studying a different thing. But also we find out that there's an army of soldiers with golden skin and glowing red eyes ready to show up. Gabe says, how many? And the woman says a lot. And Gabe uh, has a little hissy fit where he's like, I'm supposed to be in control. She's supposed to fail and I'm supposed to take her place. Tantrum, tantrum, tantrum. Yeah. And one of the guys yeah. is like, it's OK. You will, sir. <laughs> <laughs> he's pumping him up. He's like, thank He's like, thanks, mom. Who's who's a great world conqueror? You're a great world conqueror. Yeah. And he's just like, I don't want to rule over Ash. Like she's gonna destroy the whole planet. This is not my. I don't. That's not the way I want to win this. <laughs> I don't want an Ash planet. And uh, they have two contingents of soldiers left, but no metal blessed, as they're calling them. And Entrance like, ah, that woman is deliberately trying to leave me shorthand. 
we need some kind of military presence to corral those alien soldiers. And the scientist is like, can we? And he's like, I don't know, man. But Edward's plans were always superior. We should have been pushing for those instead of Telson's idiotic bomb. I like that even now, years after his death, people are like, man, that guy knew how to make a plan. <laughs> Speaking of Edward's plans, do you want to proceed with the test? And so they have a person that they've strapped to a table and then they spike them, but not in the traditional hemallergic way of shoving it through like their heart or whatever and killing them to take their power. He says, we've isolated the technique Edward was on to. The process involves a very thin spike and the right mindset. You need to know what you're doing and why. And it helps to whisper a command, capital C, as you work. Weird. I will also say I got excited here, too, because I was like Jamie. I thought, oh, maybe these are the ladies. But then they tell us that these people don't actually have any powers. They just have investiture in their soul innately because they're all part of they're all made of preservation. Which I was like, oh, that's a good thought. That that doesn't rule out the fact that they're the women though, because like they were they were picked for their bloodlines, so they may not necessarily have had powers, but they that's were true. from families that did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Steris, as far as we know, didn't have powers. True. I think we would have figured out by now if she did. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe. She's been hiding it this whole time. She's gonna bust it out right at the end of the book. <laughs> so she's the, they, she's the most powerful coin shot the world has ever seen. She actually just shoves the planet. They have like a six inch spike that they thread through her back like they're sewing. Ah. And uh, then they're like, oh, they they measure it somehow. And they're like, oh, this, so this spike is 5% invested from that. So basically they figured out how to slice off a piece of the soul without killing them to get some investiture into a spike. <laughs> he says it takes like 20 or 30 people to fully invest one. But Yeah, this makes me think of there's a scene in the office called with Dwight where he's saying that he's come up with an invention called Burger on the Go, which allows him to extract a certain portion of meat from an animal without killing it to produce, like, burgers. And it's like, he's like, serious. <laughs> he's like, Sharper Image is still considering it. He says, like, another company, so-and-so is still considering it. And he's like, Sears said no. <laughs> That's disturbing. Yeah. So it's this, funny. to be fair. Yeah. And so... He says that everyone is part ruin, part preservation. They have that investor just because ruin and preservation created this planet and the people on it. And we all have a little extra preservation in there. We're pulling some of that out, which I feel like that can't be good long term. That extra preservation is what gives everyone like sentience. So pulling some of that out probably is not a great thing. Oh, great. We've seen yeah. zombies. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's going to be like going to be like Dementor time for real. Like these people get it sucked out of them and then they're like, don't function anymore. Maybe. But what they say is that you have more of that energy if you're closer genetically to being metalborn, that you have that potential to be an allomancer or a ferrochemist. So if you never actually get those powers, then that extra energy is vestigial, and so we can slice it off and it's fine. But they can't make allomancers yet. They're like, we think that you have to code it in some way to give it a specific metallic art blessing, and we're still working on that part. And so Intron's like, ah, damn it. That means that Edward's community capital C project here is still valuable, but we have nothing to show autonomy right now. Nothing to have an excuse not to have her army come through. This is bad. We wait for Telson to initiate her plan. We give her every opportunity. And if it doesn't work, the lab coat says we survive. And he says, yes, we survive, which that's very Kelsier. Want to be Kelsier. And then he waves towards the cell where they're holding a bunch of people. 
and says uh, they've all heard and seen too much. Execute them. So that's nice. Yeah, I was worried those people were going to live. <laughs> and Moonlight is like, okay, finding a way to make spikes without killing anyone, this could change everything. We have to tell Kelsey here. And Marish is like, I mean, it's still brutal. Like, you may not be murdering them, but what the f- – and Moonlight's like, no, no. Look, if they're close to forging Metalborn out of raw soul power, then other investiture might work. Like, you know, what we have – in these jars, instead of create instead of souls, maybe we could use different investiture. And uh, Twin Souls like, yeah. So, yes, important. But right now, the entire planet's in danger. So maybe we focus on that first. <laughs> but Marisai says we have to help the prisoners. And Moonlight says a few lives are meaningless right now. We need to keep moving. It's our way. Which is not that's not the best ad for your organization. Where you're like, you know, sometimes we let people die because we got more important shit to do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm chasing Hoyt across the galaxy, man. <laughs> did we do we pass that part already i wanted to comment on that that i'm pretty sure she's talking or she about says that she's keeping an eye on like one particular enemy of the ghost yeah Club. yeah that's I mean, Hoyd. that which yeah. makes me think this is definitely shy absolutely like, it's all it's all coming together now yep like she even said <laughs> in her in her opening scenes like am i keeping an eye on him or is he keeping an eye on me it's like so right. that's clearly the specific enemy she's looking at it really seems that way i agree so now, now, anytime Hoyt shows up, it's going to be like, wait, is Moonlight around here somewhere watching him? If he shows up in other books or whatever, you know, which he shows up in every book. So presumably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't know. Does he, I was going to say. If? To, yeah, we don't know. He, he may not show up in Tress. I have, I have no idea. Yeah, you have no idea. It's true. <laughs> it, Maris is like, there's only two guards. Like, we can take them out. Come on. You wanted to kill those two guys earlier. This will be easy. And Moonlight says, says, look, if, if anything goes wrong, even like a single gunshot, it'll start shit down here. This is, I mean, you know, we don't want anyone to know we're here. And Marisai is like, well, it's a risk that I got to take. So either I'm going to do it alone or you can come. I, it doesn't matter. And Moonlight's like, Ugh, fine, let's do it fast. And then we go to Steris. And I like, Steris had heard that in a fire, the rats were often the first creatures out, which is such a perfect comparison to what, what's happening here. But she's watching Lady Gardry, who she's decided was a member of the set. And she's like, as long as she's still here, then I don't think the city's in imminent danger of exploding because she wouldn't be here if she's a member of the set and she knows the bomb's coming. So when she leaves, that's when stuff is bad. And right then is when somebody comes in and whispers something to her and she's like, oh, uh, yeah, I got to go deal with something. I'll be right back. And Stare's like, yeah, she's not coming back. It's like, city's about to blow up. Oh, I need to go take care of something. And she, but she, yeah, she says this right as Tensoon is coming in with the bands. So no one cares or notices, although that should really be a, be a big clue. It's like, hey, she's not interested in the bands. Like, yeah, right. This mythical thing. It's like, oh, yeah, whatever. I've seen them before. I mean, what? I got shit to do. <laughs> and Adawath was immediately like, let me do it. Let me walk Harmony's path. I am a metalborn, a fairing of the mind, which I don't know which fairing power she has, because I think there's like four different mental powers or, uh, or that you would call of the mind. But I guess well, I mean, she is a fairing. But part of me thinks, like, well, she's basically the governor's spin doctor, so that makes me think mental speed. But then I'm like, well, that can't be right, because if that were the case, he would never get away with anything. And in, like, the council <laughs> meeting, accepting the bribe, she had to openly facepalm because he fucked up that bad. It's true. So, I'm ruling out mental speed. And uh, She's a little bit keen for my liking, though. Right? She's very, very keen. It's a little shady, actually. Mm. Or she's been extremely shady this whole time, so I guess... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess this is a little bit like this is like openly really shady and it's yeah. 
You wouldn't you mm. if you were really keen to be the one that did it or whatever, you would put your hand up later. Like little chip play out first. Right. But the ambassador is still like, you guys cannot do this. We had a deal. You can't use them. And they're like, but this is a disaster. Like, we're going to use it to save the city. Like, you can't expect us to just die because of the deal that we made with you. And so he's like, okay, I, I have authority to negotiate. How about this? If you use them, then they get turned over to us, and we get to use them during a disaster of our choosing. How about that? And then, you know, no war. And everyone turns to Ten soon, and he's like, I mean, if you if you humans want to make that deal, then fine. And the governor's just like, yep, okay, we're in. And so Tensoon says, this is where he's trying to explain their theoretical how maybe the powers combined together could be used. We believe there's a way to transport objects large distances using a conflux of metal-borne powers. It's a thing Harmony doesn't yet understand himself, but maybe someone feeling the transcendent power of the bands could solve the puzzle. Which, that is a big, it's like, yeah, even God's not really sure how it would work, but maybe you guys can figure it out. That's... That's a big thing to bet everything on. But okay. And then they let Adawathwin take them. Like, okay, I mean, you're so you, you're so interested in being the one to do it. All right, go ahead. And she's like, how how do I make it go? And they can't make them work. They pass them around. Nobody can get it to work. And Tenzun, <laughs> with horror, is like they're drained. Something has happened. How? I mean, we know that Wax said that uh, they were close to being drained. Like he sucked up a bunch of power. But yeah. That should you should still be able to like use alamancy or whatever, even if the stores of ferrochemy are drained. And Dahl like yeah touches them and he's like, it's true. What have you have you been using these in secret? Nah, uh, Dahl Dahl had some device to make them not work or something. It does. Like yeah. I don't know. Maybe they've got like a a something like one of those grenade things that like drains mm. everything within the area, so no yeah. one. If you don't have an Alamancer here, no one else would necessarily notice that, like, the air, you couldn't use Alamancy in the area or something. I don't know. And so he's like, well, we're taking these. We had a deal. And they're like, but we didn't get to save our city. And he's like, yeah, whatever. We, you know, we, we had a deal. Yeah. Just just because you failed to use them doesn't – that's not our problem. You still yeah. tried to. And Steris is here like, this is a practiced speech. Like, I have prepared enough oh, stuff yeah. to say in conversations beforehand that I can tell. But she makes an excellent point where it's like, how could he have prepared for this? Like, how could he have known that this was going to happen? It's it's bizarre that, like, he could have guessed that they were going to have to try to use the bands and that they could stop them. I don't Maybe that's why he wanted to be in this meeting. He knew something like this might happen, but it's it's very weird. And I, he's like, okay, I'm going to take him. And the governor's like, I don't know if I can allow that. And Tensoon's like, well, I don't know if you can forbid it. You agreed. And Dahl's like, huh, maybe the faceless mortals can be impartial. I had not believed it. It does seem like Harmony has favored uh, the North in general uh, and not done a lot for the South that we know of. So uh, his his servants mm. being impartial is kind of a surprise to me too that might have been like yeah it. well he obviously screwed up the geography just like uh just like uh Rashek did originally so i i thought that oh that's kelsey's domain like and he and says have a deal it's like you don't come near my mm. stuff i don't come near yours maybe that would make sense i guess and so saris is like this is some sort of malwish ploy separate from everything else that's happening 
and the, the the big problem is even if she's completely right, there's nothing they can do about it. And even if there was something they can do about it, they don't have time right now because there's a bomb coming to destroy the city. So the ambassador just like takes the bands under his arm. And he's like, I'm leaving. Governor, if you want to come, uh, this is your chance. Any of you who want to can join me. And Attawathwin is out the door. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm gone. Peace. Bye. And the governor's sitting here like, maybe th- we're making a mistake here. And Reddy's like, are you a betting man? Because I am. And I've learned never to bet, bet against Don Shot. If he says there's a bomb pointed at us, there is. And Steris is like, I have plans, citywide emergency plans for various disasters. I had free time a few summers ago and was bored. I have uh, plans to completely evacuate the city. We can't leave. We have to protect the city. And Dahl's like, dude, are you coming? You're not coming? Like, what are we doing? And the governor is the one guy who she convinces. She's like, governor, you are the captain of the city, this nation. I need your authority to save as many people as possible. There, there'll be time to escape later. For now, help me save the city. Way to go, Steris. Time for you to earn those medals, dickhead. Right? This is Steris, this is clutch Steris, and perfectly in her wheelhouse, where she's like, I came up with detailed plans for evacuation of the city while I was bored and had finished our taxes for the next year. <laughs> and she makes this speech, and he's like, okay, I want to try. Where do we start? Steris just continues to be best character. Yep. And then we are into the fight. Our last chapter, chapter 49, is the fight in the sewer. And Wax and Wayne get a moment to try to, like, plan stuff out. <laughs> uh, not Wayne, as he calls her. is like, oi, we can't shoot you if you keep hiding. Come out so we can get on with killing you, mates. And he's just like, that is such an awful accent. It's not a rough accent at all. It's like this other weird combination of accents. And he's like, what the hell is going on with those two? And Wax is like, I suspect the set realized they would need to face us. So they spike some of their members with powers to match ours and train them to fight us. And he's like, yeah, but she's not just trying to fight me. She's trying to be me. Like, is yours weird like that? He's like, no, I don't think so. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, Wax recommends that they try to stay in close and get a bubble up that catches all four of them so that the steel guy can't like steel push out, can't make any big jumps. Uh, if they're in, if they're in tight quarters, maybe it'll keep things contained and easy for them to use their experience to come out ahead. And they they when they're ready, they run out there. Just as the the bubble drops, they dive down to dodge some bullets, and then they go into the fight. And we won't go all blow by blow because it's not really necessary. Although there are some great bits. She's like, oh, that's cheating. He's like, you you ain't me. Don't pretend that you're me. <laughs> the relationship between Wayne and uh, Gertruda, I believe, uh, is w- what we found out her name was, is uh, just so odd. Uh, yeah, I still I'm still leaning into like she's got to be and like one of the kids of the guy he kills, like trying to just like really fucking fuck with his head as much as possible. Wow, that'd be weird, especially when he when she gets shot in the face later. Right. she'll be back she says she hates doing this sober maybe we should grab a pint and then have at this again in a right proper state of mind and he's like i drink with bastards liars and fools but i draw the line at someone like me and she's like oh i'm doing well then i'm you and he's like no you're worse you're someone who wants to be me and i'm the worst and i guess the other guy's name is dumod because she says hope old dumod is doing all right i done stole some of his metal vials without telling him and wayne's like i don't steal sorry i borrowed it I don't borrow neither. Liar. 
he trades, okay? It's completely different from any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. What are you thinking? <laughs> and then she says what I'm thinking, where he's, she's like, I love that you're more worried about me imitating you poorly than you are about me trying to kill you. It's so you, Wayne. Yeah, I don't know why, but I'm much more annoyed by her than Wayne. I think he's right. I think it is worse when it's somebody trying to be him as opposed to just being him. I, I find her extraordinarily creepy. And uh, so I don't yeah. like her, but um, creepy and intolerable, you know, and, <laughs> and I, I hate to use this crutch again because we already did this with fake Moonlight. But I feel like she's like a, the the anime character that's obsessed with uh, the main character, but also is super creepy and weird uh, <laughs> and evil. All of those things. It's very it's very anime. And she says that she's been studying Wayne for years. Freewheeling Wayne, always ready with jokes, snatching what he sees, chasing the girls. Living his life without consequences, just here for the fun and the booze. Which, it's not untrue. It's it's not untrue, except for the fact that, like, under all of that is something very different. But that's why I think it'd be perfect when it turns out that she, like, if she turns out to be, like, the daughter of the guy he killed, he's just like, oh, where's the pain mm-hmm. that drives you to do this? And she goes, it's right here, dickhead. <laughs> and spells it out. I think that would just be, like, a... Great little knife twist, so... It's true. That would be really kind of perfect. I'm going to be absolutely heartbroken when it turns out that's not the case, but, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yes, I think this this girl is creepy and and evil and stuff, but it's like, you're kind of calling Wayne on all the stuff I've wanted people to call him on for a couple books now, so... <laughs> I yeah, can't hate you. I don't you. like you, but I'm kind of on your side. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, do I agree with your methods? No. But you make some good points. And he said he mutters, yeah, and the pain. And she's like, I mean, you get used to exploding now, don't you? That's that's not quite what he meant. But I mean, I'm sure that does hurt. And he's like, she was stronger than he was, faster than he was, younger than he was and better with the canes. So that's unfortunate. Really, in their previous fight, he discovered that, like, she hadn't practiced, like, grappling or whatever. And he was kind of good at that. So I would kind of go for that again if I was him. Uh, okay, and then Wax gets knocked out of the speed bubble, which is what he was trying to convince Wayne they should do to the other guy, to Dumod. So that's unfortunate. Now they're doubling up on Wayne. And Dumod shows up, shoots some coins at Wayne, and tells her, you are inefficient, Gertrude. You play with him. You simply need to hit him repeatedly until his health runs out. Wayne's like, death, I bet you 50 clips I survived this. Which He's like, you know, when you're about to die, you may as well make that bet. So. <laughs> And then Wayne has his speech as he pushes forward as the coins are moving through his body, uh, which is super disturbing. Ain't nothing can hurt me more than life already has. You can't kill me. I'm already dead. I've been dead for years, sister. It's easy to do what you do since you don't care, so long as you can pretend. But real pain comes when you realize what you are, what you've done. This pain ain't... That's pain. Anything else, anything you could do to me, that's just a little bit of fun. And Dumod's kind of freaking out as Wayne's smile widens. Um, Understandably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just got to be crazier than the people you're trying to fight. And then they're like, wait, what's happening now? And as the coins rip throughout his back, he drops the speed bubble and they hadn't noticed. And Wax comes in and puts a haze kill around into not Wayne's face. One of those ones with the secondary explosion that blows off half of her skull. And then he shoots Dumod in the chest, leaving a big, like the bullet goes all the way through him, leaves a big old hole. 
the coin shot did not fall. And Wayne's like, pewter? Did he have pewter too? And so the two of that, he grabs the girl, I guess, and the two of them take off. And Wayne thinks that she might be dead. She might not. Headshots were tricky. It depends on the damage that gets done. I feel like a bullet that goes into your head and explodes should kill you. I'm just saying. If you don't die from that, that's so unfair. It's like Miles stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm convinced she'll be back. They've left it. They've intentionally left it vague there. So it's like, yep. well, I say they. Brandon. Brandon has left it vague there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the proverbial there. <laughs> And I love that Wayne's first question is like, Wax, how are you not covered in mud? I saw you rolled. And he's like, oh, yeah, I pushed off a bullet and uh, managed to you know, keep myself out of the mud. But Wax is like, did you mean that stuff you were just saying? And Wayne says, no, no, of course not. Wax is like, Wayne, I think we might need to talk. And he's like, no, no, no time. Man, I feel old. I'm supposed to be the spry one. He says, you're 39, Wayne. It catches up to you. You infected me, you did. I never felt old working with Marisai. And he makes it like Wax is like, I infected you with being old. That's ludicrous even for you. And I think Wayne makes an interesting point where he's like, no, you started thinking of yourself as old and it drilled into my head. Ideas is infectious, which that's kind of true. I mean, he, he actually yeah. has a little bit of a point here. Yeah, yeah I, I, I get that. Yeah. No, I've always actually said this. I say, uh, well, my brother's not old. He's older than me, so I'm not old. That's <laughs> That's how I always think of it. There you go. And Wax is like, dude, we need to talk about the way that you've been feeling lately. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, later. Because uh, if if there's a lab at the end of this and they know we're down here, they're clearing it out right now. So we need to get we need to get there. But we must be on the right trail. Otherwise, they wouldn't have tried so hard to stop us. So that's uh, he says, I'm glad we're done with the canyon. But the hardest part is coming up the Mesa, which is going to gobble you up. Remember to choke it from the inside. And Wax, despite still having no idea what the hell he's talking about, it's just like, OK, yeah, I'll do my best. And that's the end of our chapters. I, I think that's it, just wax. Wax is just like a man. I'm actually really worried about Wayne's mental health. I'll just, I'll just humor him on this one. I think it's, it's the best when you know Wayne is always ridiculous. When Wax is just like, I'm not even gonna fight it. I'll just go along with it. It's the fastest way through this. That's at least the best stuff. All right. So we had some setup stuff, some information come out, and then a, a, a nice big action set piece of uh, misery and pain. So what? Uh, where are we going next? What's going to happen? Predictments. Hmm. Predictments. Yeah, I'm going to hold. I, I mentioned this before. I'm going to hold strong to my Wayne prediction. He's either going to die or fake his death. But I think this is the last, the last ride for Wayne and Wax, at least together. So I think there's a lot of foreshadowing to kind of, kind of allow for that theory to be pretty possible. What I I don't know. If the army is going to show up, this red and gold army, it'd almost be anticlimactic for them to not show up for, at this point. Mm. Um, maybe we ha- maybe we see them, but maybe they don't actually invade. Like they come into the planet and they're like hanging out, but then something happens to like send them back. And I don't know. Like the um, Shatari and Avengers. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, I, I really don't know where that how that army is going to fit into it. Um, I don't know if they're going to catch up with Entron, especially if they're saving people. Cause it's like, well, how do they get these people out safely and stuff? And right. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how that'll play out, but uh, let's see what else is there at this point. Yeah. The band's being drained. I feel like even if they are drained, somehow doll must know that they're still valuable. Like they can be charged because they obviously charge like medallions and stuff. 
Right. So I bet you he knows something about how to charge these, uh, charge the bands with stuff. So he's he's pulling one over on them. He he might have even known this whole time that they were useless, whether or not they were being leached in that room. You know, he might have he might have known, or maybe or maybe uh, Adawathwin really is part of the set, and she spiked, so she leached the bands because she's the one who touched them first. Um, it's true, she did. That that would be you know on brand. But uh, they, yeah, that's really all I've got. I mean, we've got a good amount of book to go, so really anything could still happen. For some reason, when you said like maybe we'll see them and they'll get pushed back or whatever, my first thought was like. In the Ninja Turtles cartoon, when Krang's always trying to open a portal to Dimension X and bring his armies through, and then it's like, you see the portal open, and there's these, like, all these rock soldiers and tanks ready to come through, and then the turtles, like, close it before they get through or whatever. I should mention you hear one of the rock soldiers just go, ah, damn it, not again! And it's like, how long are we going to have to sit here on this battlefield (laughs) waiting for this portal to open? We've been here for months, we're running out of rations! Yeah, so like, all I've had is maggoty bread for three stinking days. <laughs> yeah, so my theory here is I think um, I think Autonomy has actually played the field a bit and Admiral Dahl is actually one of her agents. Because hmm. I feel like, you know, she's quite happy when, like, her agents are playing off against each other as long as their ambitions are big enough. So she's got the set empowered but she but she's been aware that from the start whereas people in Eleanor haven't that there are other people on the planet so she's like well i'm going to imbue like the set up here on the north end and maybe i'll go down and find like a militaristic branch on the southern end and get them as well because hopefully from one side of the planet or the other someone can set things up to wipe out this planet for me and dahl seems like he fits that bill he's you know he's he's a he's a war hawk but he's smart and his ambition is to find some way to trick the Ellendale people to give him the bands. And autonomy's got to respect. Wow, you're going after the weapon of the gods. All right, that sounds pretty ambitious for me. Let's see. What, let's see how you do. So I don't know why the bands are drained. I feel like autonomy's had some hand in that somehow. But yeah, I think I think she set up Dahl to be like her agent on the southern end of the planet. So now he's gonna like yeah, he, he's he's basically trying to start the war himself so that autonomy autonomy's got people on both on all fronts so yeah that would be i mean i hadn't really thought about that uh at this point that yeah autonomy if she's smart would have people other you know other people working in different areas to make sure that she's not putting all her eggs in one basket as it were yeah and like she might be more lenient towards those people because they're not like other shard people i mean they seem like they were forgotten by ruin and preservation uh and the original lord ruler and then harmony forgot about him as well so just like like no like they don't these guys don't have a shard in their corner so i can easily set myself up as their shard because i feel like she's like i don't give a crap about this guy kelsia like who the fuck <laughs> do you think he is he had preservation then he dropped it like a like a pansy so <laughs> So she just doesn't think very much of him at all. He's like, this is just some dude who got stuck in the cognitive realm. What the fuck do I care? I love that outlook. That's great. I want to, now I want to hear uh, uh, her thoughts on Kelsier specifically. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got this time. But I'm really suspicious of Dahl. It was like when Steris said, oh, he, he's practiced that speech. I'm just like, he knew this was coming. Harmony put him up. No, Harmony. Fucking autonomy put him up. To this. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, it's so weird. That, like I said, like, 
she thinks he knew that it was coming and we trust Staris. We trust her read on the situation, but it's just like, how could there's something more going on there? Absolutely. There has to be, but what exactly it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very interesting, there's lots of possibilities there. Yes. I mean, I was definitely thinking that Dahl had some kind of involvement as well to give us speech. And like I said, we're trusting, trusting Staris's read on the situation. I was like, how would they have not known it was drained? Could they tell it was drained previously? What was the custodianship of the bands when they got handed over? Like, did Wax give it directly to the Kandra? Mm-hmm. I don't remember if that was the case or not. Yeah, I don't I don't um, know that we know. Yeah, or if the Malwish handed them over. I think Ken Soon said there or someone said in this chapter that they were actually in some form of case. Like he's not just carrying around the bands, like this arrowhead mm. came out and Steris was describing it. If it's something that you actually have to touch to see if it's got a power and everyone's made this agreement that they're not going to touch them or do anything with them. I was actually thinking more along the lines of they didn't hand the original bands over. So he knew they weren't going to work because that he had this speech prepared because they know they've already got the bands and they're the mm. ones that have been experimenting with them. They now have got this, they've pulled the bands out to use them. Ha-ha, you've used the bands. We've we've already made this agreement now that we can use the bands and that will mysteriously work. Something will happen to them, I don't know, because they've had them the whole time. It's like, no, it's all fair. You were given an opportunity. You couldn't make them work. Here we go. We've done it now. So I don't know if someone's leeching the power or whether it's a it's a setup there, but it just depends whether they've actually been able to touch it since as the Kandra or not. Because Tensoon was even horrified. I was like, okay, so he doesn't know about it. My other thought, and the more I think about it, it's some like more out there option, which probably will not work out for me. Could the power within the bands have effectively been removed from the bands and then been given to Wax? in the vials i don't know that it would work that way because the vials are metal but is it possible right. that somehow someone has intervened on harmony's behalf so the bands are there no one's using the bands but they've taken like the investiture out of the bands and put it into something else i don't know that that would even work on a band's like on a item scale but we know we can take investiture out of a person and put it into something else so is it possible that Wax has actually got that power, but he doesn't know he's got it until he goes to use it. So he's like, use these last because they're more powerful. Hmm. I don't know. That's... But Wax has to be respawned now because they don't have the powers. <laughs> <laughs> You're so, like, somebody has to be now. The backup option is gone. We must have a misborn here. But, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all the thoughts that I had in this that are, that are new. Uh, again, talking about Hi. Wayne. It's really not looking good for him, but the story, the story for, uh, was it Nikki Savage's story or Nacelle Savage? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like shopping at Target, really, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> the is that maybe the way Wayne would go? Is there some foreshadowing in this story? Not sure. You know, they're finding perpendicularities because I I would probably read a lot about Wayne going through the Cosmere. Right? I think that could be an interesting thing. Yeah. So it's maybe not that he dies, but it's maybe that he lives on. Or maybe he join maybe he joins Kelsey as band of of merry people 
Um, <laughs> he's learned a lot from Marisai. He's really enjoyed working with Marisai. Maybe that's maybe that's something that he would like to do. Uh, he, he keeps secrets from uh, people all the time. Kelsey wouldn't stand for that. Like, <laughs> <if> you... <laughs> Wayne, did you fart in my chair? No, Wayne. <laughs> Wait, why are all of the like jars of purified door now been replaced with like moonshine? <laughs> yeah, fair. Yep. I think fundamentally, though, he's a good person. He's got a good heart, and yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you, no, we've we've been reading this all wrong. Wayne's tr- Wayne's adventures through the Cosmere. It's like he he won't be the new death. He won't join Kelsey's band or anything. He'll be the next Hoyd. He'll be Hoyd's Hoyd. apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> because Hoyd seemed to like him, so maybe like Hoyd's just like, you know what, man, you come with me. We can we can mess things up together. Well, that's it. Maybe they have had a conversation about that. That would be yeah. kind of funny. They could have had that conversation in the truck, and then it ends with the like, that's what I know about pickling vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I really like these two ideas you have about the bands, because I, those were not thing, things that had occurred to me at this point. Because Like, the one idea that they've had, like, the South's had them all along, and that's how he would know that he had to make that speech, that's a really good thought and i don't i don't know if it's possible like you said i don't know i it didn't seem like wax was willing to hand them the bands before giving them over to the chandra so how they would have or when they would have made that swap i don't know but that would that makes the most sense to me for how doll would be like ah i know that they're not going to work and i'll have this prepared although it wouldn't make any sense for why he was when he first met wax he was all up in arms about like you have the bands and we want them back and blah, blah, blah. Like we should have had them all along. Like, why would you make a big stink if you knew that the ones that they had were not the real ones? Like, just don't say anything. Misdirection. Yeah. Mm. Why, yeah. why wouldn't you make like a stink? Make, make, him, make himself look like very obviously like the aggrieved party. Yeah. So that no one suspects him. I think it more likely because Melon was with them when they discovered the band. So I just assumed he handed them to Melon to give to the Chandra at that time. And we know we know Melon would have followed through with with that task. Melon would have for sure. Yeah. Has anyone so, else infiltrated the, the the homeland? Do we have any other Chandra out there who are maybe not quite operating on the same wavelength? Yeah. We know that autonomy could get to the Chandra. Oh, another bleeder. Mm. Mm. I like your Swapping set idea. Out. That's cool. Like if Doll was part of the set, I think it more likely from uh that maybe doll just knows like all the malwish knows scripturally like they have enough information through their religion to know how the bands work a little bit more than than the people there do in ellendale it's like they know like yeah it runs out but you can recharge it you know this way Mm. Mm. i guess it's like recharging your um the marisai's little cubes or elementic grenades. Yeah. yeah, the cubes or yeah. any of their medallion things or any of that stuff. Mm, good point. Yeah. I mean, also the whole time that we've been since they suggested that we that they use the bands here, we've been talking to Tensoon, and he's been like, you know, Harmony's busy right now, but so he's kind of making these decisions. It's entirely possible that like Harmony did do something or arranged for something to happen and didn't tell Tensoon because. I mean, why would you necessarily need to tell Tensoon that you're doing something with the bands? You're having someone else do something with the bands if you don't anticipate that, you know, this situation is coming. So mm. that thought that's like, you know, something else happened to them, somebody else, whether whether or not it's like they secretly gave them to wax in vials or whatever, it's possible that Harmony could have done something with them. 
Hmm. Interesting. Kelsey rocks back up to say, and it's like, hey, um, like those those bands um that I that I left behind, like I noticed they're not at the temple. Did you take those by chance? So he's like, uh, no. Never seen such bands. No. See, look over there. Tensoon's got it. Oh, oh, cool. Thanks. And then he goes and like talks Tensoon. Tensoon's like, man, it was empty when we when we found it. Bands? What do you mean bands? Kelsey's just like, empty. What the? Says, what did you do? Nothing, man. <laughs> He's like, this uh, might be a bad line. Leave me alone. Kelsey, I can't, I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, going through a tunnel. Say, so you exist outside of tunnels. I can't hear you. Bye. <laughs> Sorry, there, there's autonomy's autonomy on the other line. Let me, yeah. uh, let me get back to you. <laughs> Just, and then, and then do, and then you'll be saved. Wait, I didn't, I didn't hear the important part. Just, and then. <laughs> and then you'll be saved, but I'm not. I'm not getting it. <laughs> the treasure is buried at. Ah, <laughs> uh, so okay, yeah, these are those are some good ideas. Uh, uh, there's all sorts of uh, shady things going on with d- between Dahl and Atawathwin, and uh, you know who's in the set, who's not in the set, what's going on. There's who knows. It, it, it's hard to even make a good guess because there's so much we don't know. And everyone seems like uh, they're they're up to something. All right. All right. Let's let's move towards wrapping up. We have I want to there's one email that came in short email that I want to do this week. Awesome. And then we will uh, move into reviews and patrons and such. So we got uh, an email from Krista about Bendeloy cooks. Krista says, just started the Lost Metal and wanted to point out that I, too, thought of how useful Bendeloy would be while behind a grill. Anyway, should be caught up soon. Can't wait to see where the story develops and what wild theories you make along the way. That's it. I just that it's such a it's such a fun little uh, random thing in the broadsheet that I think caught all of our attention. Where It's like, wow, like a fast food cook. That's a, a, a slider. Yeah. Like just no just pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> slider, a slider making sliders. Yeah, be the most efficient white castle of all time. How do you think you got the time? term sliders? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yep. It's, it's, it's been there all along. <laughs> so thank you, Krista. If anyone else wants to send us an email, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail dot com. You can leave comments on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, all that sort of place, and I will get back to you uh, if you have questions or read them on uh, on the air if, if uh, it, we have emails like that, that sort of thing. Next up, we have one new review. This one is from Sweden, and the reviewer is called Handlandenas. It says, one of the best Cosmere podcasts around. The Sanderlanch podcast is one of the best ways to experience the Cosmere. Whether you're a first-time reader or an experienced Sander fan looking to relive the joy of discovering the books for the first time, this is the podcast for you. The host, Data, does a wonderful job of introducing Sanderson's world in an understandable way, while first-time readers Jamie, Joe, and Dak all bring interesting perspectives and theories ranging from hauntingly accurate to ridiculously inaccurate. In this podcast, you'll experience everything from volcanoes and possum hunters to Futurama and Final Fantasy. Sometimes they even talk about the Cosmere. (laughs) You know, because this is shrouded in mystery to me, I'm going to give you the smoker power. You're smoking it up. Toke, toke. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then we have one new patron at the ska level, Sarah. Sarah, you know, we talked about our boy Wayne not being able to uh, to heal. Maybe that's what you are. You're a blood maker. Ooh, I feel like we haven't seen that many of those. 
It's uh, okay. Is that what uh, the fairing's called, or is that, or is Bloodmaker the compounder name? I'm pretty sure that's the uh, uh, that's the fairing name. I'll look it up just to be sure. But yeah, Bloodmaker. What's the what's the compounding term that Miles was? I forget. Uh, I don't think that we know that. Uh, we, oh, did they not say it in the first book? I thought they. Did. I don't think so. We all. I think the only like twinborn combination name that we know is Wax's. I don't think we've ever heard Wayne's. I don't think we've ever heard anyone else's. We know from the first book that they uh, Alloy of Law that all the twinborn combinations have names because Wayne claims that he's memorized them all. But I think Crasher for Wax is the only one that we've actually heard. Mm. So, all right. That is all of that stuff. Sorry, I got I got distracted because I'm, uh, Sarah, who backed us on Patreon, her uh, uh, avatar is a very cute dog. And so then I had to get a closer look at this puppy. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, you know. So for next time, we are going to read one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight chapters next time. So chapters 50 through 57. Good Lord. Ooh, yeah. There are some some pretty short chapters in there. Was, the first two chapters in this section were actually quite short. Yes. So but I feel like the yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be one of those it. again. Yes, that was uh, that was longer. Oh, although actually the middle chapter 47 is actually the longest one. I think that may be. Uh, I think that's the Marisai. That's the one where they discover like the the people being mm. having their souls cut off or whatever. I did notice when I started that chapter, it said like 18 or 19 minutes, when most of the chapters it said like 13 or 14 max. So it's like, oh, yeah, this one looks longer. We are now 66% of the way through this book. So we're exactly two thirds of the way Ooh. through. We are nice. rapidly approaching the end of uh, Mistborn as we know it, as it currently exists. Wow. And then we'll be yeah, moving into only, some other uh, things. Pretty amazing to finish a book on this podcast only, what, two, three, four months after it was published? <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, but yes, it's it's kind of uh, kind of an amazing new thing for us, uh, finishing a book that's just come out like this, which it uh, I, in all likelihood, it'll be the last time we're doing that for a while. Although I know some of the we haven't seen all the secret projects yet, so who knows what could happen with there. I don't think Tress will be anytime soon, but the other ones gotcha. should be. Uh, I did say um, got, we got the update email about how their books, like the books are shipping and a lot of, a lot of them are done. In fact, Dash, who is like DM for that game i'm playing he's got his physical copy he held it up to show us ooh, when, we, nice. when we played when we played on monday so like ooh, hopefully that means ours isn't too far away right i want mine yeah i want mine too i haven't got it uh so yeah i did see the hardcover for uh what was that that leather bound that you just got data oh uh what did, oh i just got it was the combination it was the two alloy of law and shadows of self yeah it was really cool i had some really cool artwork oh. at the front they are very pretty yeah so uh, music by Miracle of Sound. Get that out there. Eight chapters for next time. I already talked about uh, find us on all all the places. If you want to check out our Patreon, I we are still in the middle of me posting my thoughts on the Lost Metal as I or not the Lost Metal, sorry, Tress of the Emerald Sea as I read it for the first time. Chapters 16, 17, and 18 came out three days ago. So I'm doing three chapters at a time there and discussing that. So you can check that out if you want to see our Patreon. But uh, we appreciate everyone who supports us there. We appreciate everyone sending emails, everyone chatting on the Discord. Lots of fun stuff going on there. And just, uh, you know, everyone who's uh, involved and listening to the show, we appreciate all of you. So thanks, everybody. Our big, big eight chapters for for next time for episode 10 of this book. And uh, wasing to the time of next. Colo. Cool